You are now listening to the Friends of Rugby podcast. Relax your anus. Balls. Thick thighs. Camille Shat wears his neck. Eddie Jones. You fuck. You're listening to the FORP, the Friends of Rugby podcast, yeah? Where we work hard and we play hard. What the fuck? Did you like that? That was good, actually. <laughs> Should that be the new Why opening? Did you, <laughs> why'd you never warn me about this mad shit? <laughs> that was good. That was good. Just a little spunky. Yeah. It's for the Euros. Yeah. Welcome to the world of rugby. Yeah. The Euros? Yeah. Like the, the Six Nations? No, the Europeans. Oh, Don't okay. they like that shit? Is in my mind, yeah. when you go to Germany, that's yeah. all the radio stations sound like that. <laughs> like some dance music from the nineties. <laughs> yeah, t- <laughs> like when you're in a Starbucks. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that, know. right? I don't know. I went to Germany once. You've been to Germany once. Yeah, yeah. that's that's in my head. That's... I went to East Germany. It's like post-Soviet. It's pretty depressing. Oh yeah. Yeah, I heard I heard Berlin's fun. I don't know. All these like decrepit houses and people boiling vegetables. Also, yeah, in, in a bin in their garden. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Many Germans are gonna listen to it like, what the fuck? What's wrong with these about? guys? We're the economic powerhouse of Europe. We don't boil potatoes <laughs> in our garden. We fuck. You know, I've been thinking like how to like progress the podcast, how to make the podcast mm. like better, how to attract more listeners. Germans. Well, no, I wasn't. That wasn't my initial. Oh, idea. I thought this was the plan. <laughs> get the Germans. We're gonna on. do like a Spanish one next week. No, but I was thinking. You know what we gotta start doing is we started. We gotta start like. What do all the successful podcasts do? Um, be have famous guests. Well, yeah, yeah, that too. But <laughs> but, but what, what about they all do? Uh, I don't okay, know. Okay, you're not gonna get this. They know. give out health lifestyle advice oh like medical advice fitness advice we gotta start doing that we gotta start giving people like fitness and lifestyle and health advice but it should be rugby based yeah it'd be rugby based you don't have to have we don't have to have any credentials credentials in it or anything and you don't need any backing people just believe you we'll just make shit up yeah but sound really confident about it yeah if you wear Mm. rugby shorts Mm -hmm. for four hours a day yeah that will increase the size of your dick by mm. 3.49%. And the blood compression in your groin mm-hmm. makes the dick size increase permanent. Yeah. 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 I've tried that. <laughs> Boom. It totally works. I have 100%. to roll it up and put it in my pocket now. <laughs> Been doing it for six months. Yeah. See, that's that's how we get this. We got to start giving out advice. And then we can put those like posts on Instagram and TikTok with the music. Yeah. It's like, like the serious music. And then you could be talking. It's like... You know what happened to women? They're just not the same. If your wife is not baking you a fresh new rugby ball every day, <laughs> is she really your wife? That sounds like something an AI would say if you asked it to say, make up some misogynistic podcast bullshit. But that's what they want to hear. Yeah, they do. <laughs> yeah. Okay, it's not, you're selling me on this idea, yeah, actually. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what we'll, that's so we what have like some emotional music, yeah. a picture of Tom Hardy with smoking a cigarette in the background, yeah. and then a voiceover being like, yeah. if your woman isn't making your scrum cap she's not ironing your scrum cap before every game you haven't got yourself a woman yeah exactly like that guys will eat it up all right i'm in i'm in (laughs) do you want to give your date you gotta warn me though you can't just start playing german music at the start (laughs) i'm sorry i just threw you a curveball (laughs) this is part of of, like the excitement of the podcast yeah you say to me okay frank don't say anything i'm just gonna start we're gonna have silence i'm sat here going okay he's cool and then all of a sudden fucking german misogynistic advice (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> to a dance track yeah if your wife is not baking you a fresh rugby ball every day to eat to increase your testosterone is she really your wife yeah and if she's filling it with vegan shit yeah it's it's wrong Mm-mm. Your, your thighs are gonna shrink yeah if you've got tofu inside your baked rugby ball it's not yeah. working it needs to be filled with complete butter 100 <laughs> percent butter in that rugby ball yeah i think lard La- yeah yeah pork lard pork lard yeah Mm-hmm. <clears throat> is that a thing? 
Then poor you're a man. That's how yeah. you be a real man. Yeah, poor Claude baked rugby balls <laughs> that are baked by a woman that you know. <laughs> All right. You want to do your part? Give the date? <sighs> Anticlimactic now, isn't it? It's, it's fucking February 19, 2024. There we go. And we're a bunch of misogynists now. That's Welcome to the Friends of Rugby <laughs> yeah. podcast. The podcast. Yeah. Episode yeah, 10. The new podcast where you get all your fitness and health advice <laughs> in one spot. <laughs> Zero research. <laughs> Zero credentials. 100% success. 100% success in fact. <laughs> <laughs> Do your own research, but take our word. <laughs> Just fucking one million listeners like tomorrow. Immediately. Yeah. <laughs> These guys are true, man. <laughs> so. Yeah. Little uh, awkward awkward weekend a little bit of a quiet week eh it was kind of it felt a little unexciting yeah when you get into the six nations mood this is like the day after boxing day it is a little hungover your bank account's empty you don't want to talk to anyone yeah and here we are talking about rugby gassy from all the food you ate yeah Yeah. smell disgusting your wife's baking you footballs instead of rugby balls (laughs) (laughs) you spent all your money yeah so it's like it was just an awkward, yeah, it was mm. kind of like, I felt, and nothing kind of exciting happened. Yeah, nothing to... I wanted some drama. There was a lot of hammerings, actually, and they were predictable hammerings. Yeah. So... You uh, want to look at the URC games? Yeah, we'll do a, a recap of the URC. I think that's all the recaps we're going to do. I looked, I didn't watch any French rugby. It looked like some people won and some people lost. I don't I know. Never I don't know what, enough about it. You know, I'm not slacking it off. I'm sure it's great. I, I just, actually dabbled in uh, some of the... Uh, warm-up games for the Super Rugby. Oh, I did. Me too. Reese Patchell oh, yeah, making his debut. Welsh guy playing there. You're like, well, oh, yeah, it's kind of cool. Oh, what's going on down there? <laughs> I'm excited. Fuck you. It's cool for us. I was just like, I, I was kind of like watching it to see where the teams were at. Yeah, and stuff. Like Highlanders look really good. I was, you know, so they beat Crusaders, right? Mm-hmm. And then. I was reading a lot about it, and a lot of maybe salty Crusaders fans were saying this always happens preseason. Yeah, you can't put you can't put a bunch of heavyweight into the the warm ups. The warm ups you can never do that. Even probably in any not. League. No, I'm not disagreeing with him. I'm just speculating it might be a bit of saltiness, but it's probably true as well. But yeah, it's weird when you're watching those like Super Rugby games. Yeah, and there's so many tries you see that would never happen in the Northern Hemisphere. They're not bothered by defending, are they? <laughs> it's like these fucking just like all this space. Like yeah. the defense is like these leaving these huge gaps open. Yeah, and you're, and guys are just like walking in. Yeah, right. And you're like, what the fuck? Like you see, I was seeing some tries. I was like, you never see that up north. Yeah, like it was like Noah like spreading the sea type shit. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Like this, is, <laughs> there's just fucking no one there. There's like three guys at the breakdown. 20 meters another three guys clump together <laughs> yeah. and then a guy on the wing maybe <laughs> it's really odd because like when the all blacks play their defense is like, it's unreal it's, it's unreal yeah right it's like they don't ha- when do you practice it i don't know it maybe it just becomes natural it's natural talent i think in super rugby they know they can do it so i'm not going to do that i'll do it on the day the day is internationals yeah they don't really care about conceding tries in the regular season no they don't and every time someone scores they've got that look about them it's like oh don't worry we'll get one big don't worry lids hit up and yeah. they will get one back. Yeah, they, they will. will. So they're not fucking bothered. So I don't know. It just yeah, it's kind of odd to see like that's their foundation mm. for their national team. Their set piece is always spot on. The defense is always spot on when they play for the All Blacks. But then yeah, not you can always when the All Blacks play, you can always count on yeah those things to be like rock solid. It's annoying actually because everyone always says like oh. Oh, the scrum of the All Blacks is going to be their weakness. It never is, is it? Never. It's never, is. It's, not a, it's never particularly dominant. Like, it's never like absolutely crushing teams, mm. but it's never bad, is it? No. Nothing's ever bad. The only time the All Blacks lose is uh, their discipline's always shit. And they don't kick for points. And they leave points on. They leave points. Yeah. They love leaving points. Like, fuck it. If it's not a try, I'm not taking it. Yeah. If you beat the New Zealand, it's because you've pinned them and they don't know to kick for territory. Yeah. So or they just want to try and run it from every single yeah, place. And three points is not in the vocabulary. No. <laughs> Drop no. kick. Oh, my Disgusting no three points. Are you serious? Like, <laughs> not taking it. Yeah. <laughs> not taking it three I points. I want to run the length of the field. Score a try. <laughs> Anyways, back to the oh, USC. Shit, we're doing it again. All right, USC. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which games did you watch? Uh, not none of them. I just went through the um, highlights and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. There was just I was just not. Eh. You Players are gone. I was just. These are going to be lopsided games. You're allowed so. to break. It's okay. You don't need to make. Yeah. You know, don't need to apologize. So it's kind of you know. Yeah. Like you can't put too much weight in these ones. 
Uh, no, I think for the teams who are making a push for the title in the URC, they know they need to win, but mm-hmm. they mostly did. So, like, there wasn't really anything. Um, like, the biggest upset was the Ospreys Ulster. You think it was an upset? Well, the Ulster should have won that game. But they didn't. I know. So, like, they have the team that should have won that game. I think Ospreys have a good team. How many guys are they missing uh, for Wales? Probably a couple more than Ulster are missing for Ireland, but I don't think it's massively different. I think that was a pretty evenly matched encounter. I think you're right, though. Ulster played badly. Yeah. And there was a point where Ospreys were down to 13, and Ulster really should have put the game to bed. Mm-hmm. So I, I see what you're saying from there. So I think Ulster had a bad game. I think Stockdale had a bad game, and I feel bad for him because some, sometimes I think he's a world beater. And then other games, he can't catch a ball. Um, he hasn't been the same since like that those first two years when he came on the scene. Yeah, and he and he played when they when they beat the All Blacks in Chicago, was yeah. it? And he was amazing. Was that he the was, game? Uh, I don't know if it was Chicago. I think it was the one after that. Like oh, okay. After that. Yeah, the one in Dublin then. Yeah. yeah. So, but uh, yeah, he just he's just a shadow kind of. He's just not consistent, is he? No, which Poor is sad lad. because we, everyone thought he was going to be the shit. The guy, yeah, because he's he's big. He's like George North kind of guy, isn't he? He's fast mm-hmm. and big and strong and all the rest of it. But yeah, he's just not consistent enough, is he? Um, but yeah, I, I thought, yeah, I thought uh, Ospreys, they rode their luck. And you know, Ospreys, they kind of have this thing where they're like, they'll just win at any cost, right? They'll do anything to win. And their wins come from things like last minute drop goals and intercepts and stuff, that which was the case here. Um, but you, you know, you can't say it's all luck. Like I think they're, they're five wins in a row now. So I, you know, I didn't think they were going into that game thinking this is going to be a hammering. Like they thought they probably thought we've got a good chance of winning this and mm-hmm. they did. And that young lad, uh, is it Dan Edwards, their new 10, we need a fucking 10 in Wales. So if he wants to, if he wants to keep improving, that'd be great. But, uh, I'm not an Ospreys fan, so I'm, you know, whatever. You know, what was also shocking well, that Leinster win or Benetton, like who saw Leinster winning that? <laughs> wow. Well, considering <laughs> that's uh, a B team, like how how did they do that? I just it's don't amazing. know. I don't know. Yeah, it's they, like they have three full teams. They keep pulling rabbits out of hats, <laughs> don't they? They just keep pulling rabbits out of hats. Those <laughs> bastards. All their best players are gone. Yeah, and uh, they still just got. They just bring in like a. Yeah. They just open the door, and another best player just walks out. Yeah, and poor Banaton. Like every week, they're like, "Oh, they're getting a little bit better." They're getting a little bit. And then no, never mind. They're also missing a bunch of players too. They are. They are. Yeah. So those two team like. The two team nations, mm. Scotland and Italy, like they'll always like those two teams during the Six Nations will always be like missing a bunch of players. In for Scotland though, they do have a lot of players playing in England who they who they call up, right? So, but with with Italy, yeah, they're mostly fucked in the Six Nations period, don't they? They just do not have the depth. So, uh, sucks to suck. I watched Cardiff Connor as well. Did you? Well, yeah, I'm a Cardiff fan. That was, oh, the, that was my game. Yeah. I feel like that was a good win for Connor. And I have a few thoughts about it. Like, you know, Connor uh, benefit from not having too many players in the Ireland squad. Mm-hmm. Just like, Ulster, like that, that was the same, like I thought. Yeah. Ulster, right. That's why Ulster should have won that game. Yeah. So they came to town. They came to Cardiff with a big, with a, uh, the pretty much their first team. And Cardiff have a lot of players in the Welsh squad. Um, although I would say Connor probably would feel a little disappointed they didn't play particularly well. But, you know, they won, so, you know, good for them. Cardiff got a red card pretty early on. But I thought Cardiff did pretty well to stay in the fight considering that team is, you know, the youngest of the young in some cases. So, uh, yeah, I'm a bit upset about it. But it's good to see Cardiff still selling out the stadium and the fans are really getting behind them. And they're, they are a pretty exciting, determined team. So as much as it's shit, I think uh, they can, they're going to get better. i got hope. How many guys are they missing? Uh, quite a few. Thomas Williams, Cameron Winnett, Mason Grady, uh, both props, Kieran Azarati, Domachowski. So, yeah, it's pretty. Uh, Teddy Williams, Seb Davis. Yeah, quite a lot. <laughs> Looks like the most competitive game was the Stormers Sharks. Yeah, I think with South Africa, it's getting a bit predictable now, you know, because uh, Stormers didn't have the best start to the season. And now they're starting to find their form again. They were when they, when uh, the box players started coming back. Yeah, they changed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's almost like the Sharks had a rough start too, and they're still having a rough season. They're still having a rough season, and they've got some pretty. They've got some good 
Springboks in their team, haven't they? So you'd expect the Sharks to do a bit better. But yeah, both the Bulls and the Stormers won. And they're two teams I thought could win the URC. So onwards and upwards, eh? I don't say about the Lions. They've, they've had a couple of decent wins. They've had a couple of upsets, but that's uh, they're not com- they're not really pushing for the top spot here. Uh, yeah, but I still think you're probably going to see a South African team and an Ireland team in the final. I think so. Yeah, yeah unless something s- fucking crazy happens. Mm, it's still pretty tight, except for Leinster right at the top there. You know, like. Uh, Unless they're fucking up trying to like do this dual like thing like they tried last year. Hold back their best players so they can win the European. Yeah, cup. and then get fucked in the, the yeah, and then get fucked in the both USC. of them. Yeah. <laughs> both of those games were close. I don't think they'll make that mistake this year. I think they'll take the URC as seriously just to prove a point, you know. So I think I think it'll be Leinster Stormers final. Leinster Stormers. May, mm, Leinster maybe Bulls. not. Yeah, maybe Leinster Bulls actually. But yeah, I agree though. Probably Actually, no, I couldn't discount Munster, actually. Why am I discounting Munster? Could he just, uh, man, Munster. They fucking battered Scarlet, so. Yeah, but I think in the big games, all these big games they have this year, they, they've always, like, come up short. Yeah. They have lost a few important games, and they haven't looked as dogged. I don't know, though. I think they're starting to... Starting to the end, you know, the engine's starting to purr a bit now. I guess the game... With a team like Munster, when it comes to like a knockout stage, mm. it's it's always up in the air. Yeah, like they could beat in a, in a knockout game, they can probably beat anyone. Yeah. So no matter what the team is, they could probably beat anyone. They've managed to keep hold of Gavin Coombs. I think I think maybe some Irish people would be upset he's not in the Ireland squad, but him being consistently playing for Munster is as long as he doesn't get injured, he's he's really he's really powerful in that Munster team. He's yeah? the Irish. Zach Mercer. He's the Irish. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He might fuck off to France. Yeah. <laughs> if like, he's not careful, yeah. He's just sitting there watching. Yeah, yeah. He's like, fuck. Yeah, he's I playing gotta, well, though. What do I got to do? Yeah, yeah. I mean, to be fair, though, in England's case, they're not exactly blessed with riches at eight, and they're not picking Zach Mercer. No. But in, in, in Ireland's case, the back row I guess there's stacked. way more competition. It's yeah. stacked, isn't it? So... Yeah, there's there there's a lot more competition in there. Yeah, 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 and that's kind of how I feel about Cardiff. Where you got someone like Thomas Young who never has a bad game, and then you look at the Welsh back row, and we we're pretty stacked in the back row, even though it's younger guys. So you understand it, and I understand it with Gavin Coombs, but with with England and Zach Mercer, I'm like, why don't you just pick him? He's amazing. There's not a lot of competition there. Yeah, so that's uh, pretty much everything I want to talk about with the URC. Is there anything you want to bring up there? I mean, not really. Scarlets are disappointing. Dragons yeah, but they're missing a lot of players. They just don't have a lot of players. No, they took the whole team. So they got the water boy in there. Yeah. They, they were knocking on doors outside the stadium. Yeah, and same with Dragons as well. Like Dragons have actually donated quite a few to the cause. Yeah. Wainwright and Rio Dyer, Tane Basham. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm not, I, like, whatever. <laughs> I know Glasgow's missing a bunch of players too, so I was expecting this to be a little closer. Well, Glasgow are just better than Dragons, aren't they? I guess That's so. That's the bottom line. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I've, I've whatever. And that's it. That's kind of it. That's it. That's it. That's rugby for the weekend. That's going to be a short one today. There we go. Yeah. Thank you for listening to the rugby, <laughs> Friends of Rugby podcast. Play the German music. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, some news. You want to get into some news here? Some news. Which one do you want to do first? Um, well, our fan. Yeah. Levi, the Levi jeans lover. Hashtag blaze it. <laughs> Hashtag blaze Hashtag 69. It. Sent us uh, an email. Yeah. Uh, you wanted us to talk about the jerseys. The jerseys. The jersey controversy. I can't believe this was honestly. This when was I, the most non news story of all time, wasn't <laughs> this it? This was just like some, they were like reaching for news. Yeah, like how can we piss off Welsh people this week? And I couldn't believe like people like made a thing of this. I know. I mean, part of me is thinking I want to be sympathetic to people who are colorblind. Should Let we, me give some should, context. Yeah, it's okay. okay yeah. So I read in, I think it was an Irish sports publication that. Some people are angry at Wales because they're playing in their red jersey when they go to Dublin. And the colorblind spokesperson has said, this is not fair. We can't see what's going on. You mm-hmm. know, you should play in your away kit. Um, my first thought was, I've never seen an Ireland-Wales game where it's not green on red. So maybe I'm wrong. Probably there's been a couple. It's kind of iconic, though. And traditionally in the Six Nations, the away team play in their home kit 
I understand that this year they've tried to change that so that if you're the away team, you play in the kit that helps colorblind people, you play in your away kit, something like that. But but people were like on like going to war about this subject. And we've got to be careful, right? Because this is kind of the trend with social media is like one of those headlines, people are outraged. And by people, they yeah. mean one twat on the, the internet. The person that's writing the article. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Him <laughs> and two he, commenters. He's just like, making that, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I know exactly. So, I, you know, bearing that in mind, though, I am trying to be sympathetic to someone who's colorblind and going, no, this is a genuine problem. I do want to see what's going on. Fair enough. Yeah, I don't give a fuck. Okay. I don't care if yeah. they, like, uh, switch out jerseys or anything. Yeah, I never. I wouldn't even think it was like, oh, we're doing this for the colorblind. I wouldn't even. That would even register. Yeah, mentally on me, I'd be like, oh. As soon as kickoff happens, like, I don't care what they were in their underpants. Like, yeah. I just want to watch the rugby. Yeah, because like, know? let's be honest. Like, we have seen some test games where mm. you were like, what the fuck were you guys thinking? Like when the jerseys were so, the kit was so similar. Yeah. Like I've, we've seen. I can't remember. There was one not too long ago. Uh, and they just, they were both wearing blue, I think. Was it Scotland, France or something? Uh, I can't remember what it was, but I think yeah. it was Ireland, Scotland or something. I swear right. Ireland's part of it. They were wearing some kind of like camo-ish kind of, t- kind of kit. <laughs> yeah. And Ireland like, and Lens still love a bit of camo, don't they? It's yeah. like our strategy this year, we're going to blend in with the grass. Yeah, <laughs> Ireland has a thing about camo kit. Yeah, it's like so gross. do Lens, it's, it's, gross. it's disgusting, isn't camo it? Camo kit is yeah. like the worst of the worst it's horrible kit. it's the worst pattern you can yeah. have on a sports jersey it is, it's like the ed hardy tap out shirts of <laughs> fucking rugby. sponsored by monster energy yeah it's just bad yeah and yeah there's but I've, we've seen like a bunch of games where like the kits were so similar and you're like what are you what were you guys thinking like how yeah. did you let these players go out in the field like this like i couldn't even, i'm not even colorblind and i couldn't fucking tell what was going on yeah right so yeah i don't know like one in one in four or five dudes are colorblind one in four. Yeah, it's like high. I know a colorblind guy. Everyone does. I know like nine. Yeah. And to be, f- I mean, I I'm not making him speak on behalf of the colorblind community. If community is a weird word, whatever. So, but he says like he's watched lots of rugby and it's not, doesn't ever bothered him. But I wonder if he's just saying that because he's trying to like quell the controversy. And for context, he's not a Welsh person. He just watches rugby. So, yeah, because uh, they adapt, right? They have to adapt to. I, I don't, I have no idea. I have no yeah. idea. I'm, all I'm trying to say is this seems like blown way out of proportion but there's a little five percent of me going i don't know maybe if they've got a point i don't know but it just seems like Do you care if wales wears a different color no i give a shit it's nice to see I, like i like a bit of tradition but it's not like as soon as kickoff half starts they should whatever. wear their green ones i'm not a big fan of the proud boys black and yellow polo shirt they've got going on it's not my favorite <laughs> away kit but you know as soon as they start playing i don't give a shit you know yeah they got the Fred Perry's on, whatever. I don't know, Ireland can wear a white jersey. I don't give a fuck. No, I don't care. Yeah. I think there was something, I think Nigel Walker, the, the WRU chairman or whatever, was saying that they just didn't have time to change the kit in time for the request to mm-hmm. take effect. But uh, Is there like home and away kit rules? That's what I'm saying. So what I'm saying, in the Six Nations, traditionally, and this is a, unusual in international sports, the away team wear their home kit. Okay, that's, that's the what tradition. I thought it was. Yeah. Uh, which is like a courtesy man rugby's yeah. so polite it is and this comes from the fact that it was harder to bring both kits with you back in the day mm-hmm. so the home team will be like don't worry we'll play a home kicks it's easier we'll play our away kicks easier for us we've already got it in the mm-hmm. stadium or whatever yeah but you know now this is a multi-million currency sport i can't imagine putting an extra bag of kit on the bus is a big deal but maybe you have to order some special embroidered ones which take a few weeks i don't know it just seems like yeah slow news week you know yeah it sounds like if you're the type of person that's gonna get upset at like wearing yeah. different jerseys for the colorblind you're just like a cuck <laughs> you're either you're yeah. either genuinely colorblind some... or it's a problem or you're just a lunatic who yeah. wants to shout at the wall yeah you know? like, if you're like fucking mad that they're gonna like wear different colors for the colorblind yeah, yeah. you got some deeper issues you need some therapy kid yeah <laughs> yeah it's like the names on the back of the jerseys was a big thing too for a lot of people well they can't even keep the numbers from falling off so no. Never mind getting the color right. The worst part is it's the the font size on these jerseys. I couldn't read any of the Welsh no. names. The sponsor's like 13 foot tall and then the name at the bottom is Williams. Yeah. <laughs> like, who's I that? Like, I was like, okay, guys, if you're going to make this huge leap, like at least like put some effort into it. Yeah. Yeah. We're still, we've got some teething problems with names and colors basically, yeah. haven't we? Which is stupid <laughs> considering the sport's been professional for 20 years. Surprising how difficult some things are for rugby to do. 
oh. that like other sports just do naturally. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not like we're poor in this international sport world, is it? No. They've got some money. Yeah. So uh, can figure it out. Yeah. Whatever you need to figure out. Long story short, feel bad for blind, colorblind people. Anyone else, don't care what you think. Mm-hmm. Seems like uh, rage bait. Talking of, of uh, colorblind people. Yeah. Zach Mercer. Poor colorblind Zach Mercer. <laughs> I don't know if he's colorblind. I have no idea. Probably not. <laughs> well, one in four, you know, 25%. Yeah, that's a good chance. Maybe he is. You know what? I'll take a bet on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we talked about him a little bit already, eh? but I, f- I feel bad for him because he's talking about going back to France, right? Yeah, the that's rumors the... have started a U-turn. Can you blame him? Came over to England. He's playing his heart out. Got a man of the match on the weekend. And uh, these guys are on a clock. Yeah. Like, you can't expect him to sit around. No, he's got maybe five or six years of good playing days if he doesn't get injured, which he yeah. probably will at some point. And you want him to, like, hang around at Gloucester, Gloucester, like the bargain bin team of the Gallagher right now, except for Newcastle. But they're not going to win the championship, are they? No. So. And, but he has been playing good. Like, he has made an argument. But I just, I don't understand. What I don't get is, like, why, like, did Borthwick just not even look at him? I read something that he is trying to prefer people who've come through the English Academy or have historically been kind of... Loyal? Loyal, maybe, is the right word. These are the people that have been loyal to the family. (laughs) Yeah, he is. Yeah. (laughs) If they've been loyal to the family, they get into the team. He's like a medieval (laughs) Game of Thrones head of the house type kind of guy. It's like, you betrayed us. You can't play. They have shed the blood on our grass. (laughs) What the fuck? He's a mercenary. Go back to France, dog. Yeah. But... Like to be fair though, they like the guys that are that are in there right now. Mm. Like are doing pretty good. I like Ben Earls. Yeah, I like. So it's yeah, it's not like they don't have depth, but they yeah. haven't got the ridiculous depth of Ireland and even Wales have more depth. I would say in the back row than England do. Um, but that might just be a Borthwick thing. There's not a lack of back row, good back row players in the Gallagher. It just seems like Borthwick doesn't pick the people want who he just fucking hates back rows. Maybe. <laughs> If you're not a lock, you're not a player. <laughs> yeah, you've got to be a fucking unit to play for England, basically, don't you? Because Ben Earls is not that mold, but he's a really good player. Zach Mercer's not the biggest eight in the world, mm-hmm. uh, but he's class. So, uh, yeah, I feel bad for him. I feel bad for him. Like, he's come back this way, and I think probably had a conversation at some point where he's like, if I come back to England, will he pick me? And someone's like, oh, yeah, 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 we'll pick you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he gets back, and there's like, yeah, but you do play for Gloucester. So like, you know who's going to play for Gloucester. <laughs> yeah, but they're shit, though, so... <laughs> So, yeah, I wouldn't blame him if he goes back to France. Well, Genji's in the squad. He plays for Bristol. And they've been kind of like... They're not the best, are they? No, they're not the best. Mm, I think because... I don't care. I don't think that... He's loyal, team... though. Genji's loyal to England. He's yeah. loyal. He's a loyal he's lad. He's a leader. Yeah, he's one of my bravest warriors. <laughs> he's one of our bravest knights. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we call him Sir Rhino. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Poor old Zach. I wonder where he's going to end up. Go back to Montpellier. Have a good time there. Just he was fucking up. bursting stats wide open then. Yeah. So, yeah. Because uh, so, he didn't even make that England A squad. Mm. Yeah, I don't think he wants to do it. He's a bit old for that. That's more of like a young boys thing, isn't it? Uh, they have kind of guys all over the place in that thing. Yeah. I think Scotland are doing that again. I think they disbanded their second tier league. And now they're just deciding to do a Scotland A squad again. I like this idea of these A squads. I don't hate it. It's just dependent on your resources, isn't it? Because yeah. if you haven't, if you're bringing t- players from your club sides into that A squad, you're depriving your club sides of yet more players. So mm-hmm. someone like Wales have the least amount of registered rugby players in the Northern Hemisphere of the Tier One nations, right? Yeah, but you so we can't this, afford to do that. Yeah, you do these in like summer tour stuff. Yeah. Bring like a bigger squad and then you play like an A. But you have to commit to fixtures. So if, if like Ireland or England or Scotland say they want to play you during the Six Nations international window, you have to do that as well, right? Mm-hmm. So it is a commitment. And I think it, de- it basically depends on the resources of your union. And I think Scotland feel like this is the, the better option for development. But I hope it doesn't deprive Glasgow and Edinburgh of players at times like, you know, this weekend where they need them. But, you know, whatever. We'll see how it goes. Because in Wales, we've got this new competition starting like the elite domestic competition, which has caused a little bit of drama. I don't know if you heard about that. No, I haven't. So I think it's a good idea. So we've got the, you know, we've got the regions and then we had the Welsh Premiership below that. Yeah. Uh, and historically, the kind of the clubs have kind of held the Welsh Rugby Union hostage a bit. 
yeah. they they kind of controlled the board and they controlled the resources. And I think the Welsh Rugby Union rightly are kind of taking their power away a bit. And they created the elite domestic competition. Which is that what it's called? Something like that. It's the not, elite. It's, it's basically, yeah, like I'm not exaggerating. I think that's what it's called. I maybe <laughs> got a word wrong, but it's basically, it's a bit uncreative, isn't it? Yeah. But there's Neath, who are... The super duper rugby Welsh league. <laughs> <laughs> the super duper, super rugby boys. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Neath are pretty pissed off because it sounds like they were reserving a spot for Cardiff to take it. And Neath are like, no, we want, we want in. And then the Welsh Rugby Union said, no, your plan is too ambitious for your club and you owe us a bunch of money and you're in debt, so you're not allowed in. And then Neath have come out swinging, saying, fuck you, we're fine. And they've also said they don't have a good relationship with the Ospreys, who are kind of, they're one of their feeder clubs. So it all comes back to the fact that when we create, it's it's just like, can we just be a hero? You need a a shining, like you need this hero to fly into Wales and like, fix everything we need a ryan reynolds and rob McElhenney who yeah. fixed wrexham to just come in and be like here's a billion quid sort it out and they, and it would fix everything immediately yeah you but, guys you guys need a, you need a hero no we like drama though we like it really deep just down a, we love bring it. everyone together we're just little tribal cave dwelling get people. every single like uh welsh music artist and then do one of those songs together <laughs> just hold Feed your hands you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what you gotta do. let them know it's six nations time <laughs> yeah, that's what you gotta do yeah yeah and that'll, that'll, I, I think that would actually pretty much fix it uh, do you know what's annoying me recently as well as i see a lot of comments online about people telling us how we're going to fix welsh rugby coming from other countries and it does feel like white people telling you how they're going to fix africa a bit you know it's like <laughs> we know we've got problems we, we we're aware of that we're trying to fix it and you've got all these other people from other countries you know if you did this it'd be a lot better it's like yeah no shit like yeah we know we know we've got to deal with neath first <laughs> the fucking the live aid of international rugby right now oh my god but whatever i don't care we'll be all right i think i think things are taking steps in the right direction but i like the drama as well you guys need a welsh a side no we don't <laughs> we need the elite super duper best men in young rugby competition here comes the ecd very excited yeah holy fuck i think it's a good idea i just wish everyone would when does that start i think next year yeah. 10 clubs. Yeah. And it's a pro. You guys get paid. Yep. It's pro. And they've, they've allocated funds to it. They don't get paid a huge amount of money, but oh, I, like I mean, this. they get paid in the Welsh Premiership. Just this not is a huge thing. amount. This is a thing. It sounds like a it good is a thing. thing. It's a good thing. I think it's a good thing. It's just hard to get everyone to buy into it. So, so a few a clubs. Little, but... cute little curry cup. Oh, it's cute and small. Yeah. Well done, Wales. Yeah. Fixing your problems. I'd go to games like that. Yeah, I mean, I that, was, I'd go to like small people, club games all that, the time. That was what the problem. This was the problem. Like before professional that's exactly what happened in Wales. People go to their little clubs and they fill out the stadium, and everyone has pints and a good time. And then the Welsh Rugby Union was like, "We're going to randomly draw lines on a map, and these are the regions, and you better support them." And people in Neath were like, "I'm not cheering for Swansea. Fuck Swansea." <laughs> so, in that problem <laughs> persists to this day. You know. Ah, <sighs> well. Yeah. I think. Uh, we should get on to uh, next week. Predictions time. Yeah, let's get on some predictions time. I predict this will be the most predictable weekend I in the Six Nations. You think so? Yeah, I can t- I can see two of the three results already. So uh, let's start at the start. Let's start at the start. Let's yeah. start at the first game. Yeah. Wales going over to Ireland. Oof, rough. How do you think this game's going to go? I think Ireland will win. That's my prediction. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'd love to say Wales will win. I just can't see it. I think what I'd be happy about is if we stay competitive in the game. I think what Gatlin's done is he's created a team that don't give up, which he's always been good at. Mm-hmm. So if we stay in the game and we keep it one or two scores, I'll be relatively happy. And again, if we're blooding youngsters and we're seeing more development, which we have seen in the last two games, despite losses, I'll be a happy man. What I don't want to see is discipline falling apart. And I don't want to see them giving up after 60 minutes when the subs come on, you know? Yeah, I see. I agree with you. I see Ireland winning this game. Yeah. Um, I think this is going to be kind of Ireland's first real test. You think so? Because when they played France, France were kind of shell-shocked. They were kind of like not really put together uh, mm. really well. Yeah. So they kind of like, and like Ireland just were more... Uh, uh, prepared for yeah. that game. Yeah, they were. Right? So you didn't really kind of engage. Like, was it was Ireland really good or were French just shit? Right? Yeah. And it was a contrast of two systems. Ireland have this really 
dynamic, robust system mm-hmm. where everything feeds nicely. People get a rest before games. You know, the, the, the what they call provinces and, and, and union are yeah. so well aligned. They had that time to prepare properly. Whereas with France, it did feel like end of the World Cup, hangover, straight back into their club scene, then straight back into the France camp. And they just, yeah, like they just come out of the washing machine, right? And Wales have been a team this, um, this <clears throat> tournament. They've gotten better and better each game. Yeah. yeah. So since they've gotten better and better each game, like this third game, I think they're going to be like pretty decent. I th- They've they they got their they're sorting out their kinks, they're figuring out their team. Mm. The players are fil- uh figuring out each other. Yeah. So this is this is going to be uh hopefully I think it's going to be a pretty good test match and it's going to really gauge like I th- yeah, I think Ireland are going to win this game. Yeah. Right? But it's going to really gauge how good I think this this game will really show how good Ireland actually are depending on the outcome of this game. Yes, I think so. I think the problem with Wales is all the things you've said are relatively true, but the problem is we still have significant weakness at 10. We still don't really know if Johan Lloyd is the future. Sam Costello can play back from injury, but he yeah. didn't have the best game against uh, Scotland in the but first he didn't round. Have, yeah, but like at, at the same time, mm. when you think about Costello mm. like, and how he didn't have that good game, mm. who in that first half had a good game? That's true. No one. And and it's right. like they were so they it were doesn't op- really prove it. Kind of man, it's kind of like a gamble for for Gatlin, I think, because Costello didn't really get to prove himself. Yeah, because everyone was shit. Yeah, there wasn't anything to work off. There wasn't anything for him to do. And then he like I think he went off something like like what at it was 20, pretty early actually twenty minutes twenty five yeah. minutes yeah, into yeah, the yeah. first half right. No one's playing good. Yeah. So Gatlin can play Lloyd. I would play Lloyd because he's seen him play in the last two games. He's played pretty well. Yeah. Right. But we're not gonna know like. Costello, mm. like full potential, mm. right? Like if he gets into a game where his guys are playing around him and giving something to work off of, mm. he might be fucking. He might just come out of his shell. And he and can like, do that. He can do that, right? He's a really good running ten, and he can punch holes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, maybe you start you on Lloyd, and if things are going relatively well, you bring on Costello uh, last last quarter. Uh, but that assumes things are going well, uh, which I don't think they will i don't think we'll get hammered but or I, I hope we don't get hammered and i would like to see it stay relatively close and stay in the fight you know um and i think also in the scrum i've been re- re- pleasantly surprised with kira nasarati dormachowski as our props mm-hmm. our front row isn't too bad like i think it's developing nicely but the problem is hooker you know if we can't win our line outs then we're, we're screwed so i don't think you can afford to play anyone but elliot d for the full game yeah, that's going to be a bad situation. Well, um, what's his name? Elias? Yeah, Ryan Elias. Yeah. Ryan Elias. He's not bad on the field. No, he's a good ball carrier. Yeah. He's bigger than Elliot D's yeah. physical. Yeah. He's good. Yeah, yeah. It's his his line out is shit. And the problem is it, there have been periods where he's played where he's nailing line outs, but like the last two games, he just, you know. How old is he? I don't know, mid, mid late 20s. He's not super old. He's not. I would say he's in his prime in rugby years. Yeah. But uh, we haven't got anyone else, really. So, missing Ken Owens a lot. Yeah. But um, So, yeah, Ten and Hooker are kind of is problems. Is Ken Owens playing anywhere? Or is he nah, just sitting on the couch? Dying. He's done. He's, he's Get him lot. out. He's done. We're not ready for you to leave yet. Come back, Sheriff. Yeah. The Sheriff of Kamada <laughs> and runs onto the field with a steel chair. No, I don't. Yeah, I think this is going to be a real test for both teams. It's going to really mm. show how much uh, Wales have improved. Yep. And it's going to show how good Ireland really are i think this game this game like this the outcome of this game is mm. going to be for me like how the rest of the tournament's going to go for ireland mm, yeah maybe because if ireland struggle in this game yeah uh th- there's a chance i think that like uh england can can do a that job would, in there if i was irish that would be my worry is if there is any time they struggle against wales england are going to be going okay that's the weakness that's what we yeah. exploit and england are good at exploiting weaknesses in teams yeah because they're going to be uh even though they do have a, um, like they have to take on Scotland, which that's going to be up in the air, but they're going to be watching this game. Thinking, how do we beat Ireland? Analyzing it. Yeah. And hope they're looking for Wales to show you how to exploit a weakness, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. I don't think Ireland really have any glaring weaknesses. I think England will look some kind of kicking strategy, but anyway, speculating, but yeah, Ireland will win. And uh, I would love to see our younger players exposed to a real test level game 
where they're forced to kind of play under serious pressure and that'll be good for their futures i'm ha I'm happy for us to lose a bunch of games to learn a bunch of stuff which is basically what's been happening it'd be nice to get a win at some point but i can't see it this weekend and ireland have like a pretty uh um healthy team mm. so like <sighs> sorry it's so okay. they got they don't really have any uh injuries Per se, no. like Ian Henderson's out with like a foot injury. That's ah, not a big deal though. He's, he's not Tom exactly starting lock right now, is he? So no, Tom Hearns, like they brought him in, that kid. Yeah, Ollie really like an Ollie Jaeger. The yeah. training panelists are finally making a yeah. I really, eh? I'd really love to see them both in this game. I don't think that uh, Farrell would, but I'd love to see them mm. in this game. Both those guys. You, you maybe put them on the bench, and if you win in at halftime, you let them have the last twenty minutes or something, right? He just man, like. Farrell's got um, that grand slam, mm. one hundred. He's not going to tease the least risk taker. Yeah, like he's the most calculated coach out there. Ireland have a history of having very, you know, Joe Schmidt was exactly like that. Yeah, and Farrell's a bit more flexible, but I would like to see him give other people a chance. But you maybe you don't want to risk a grand slam at this stage, do you? Yeah, you kind. Yeah, you don't want to risk a grand, a grand back to back. Yeah, because like, you've still got to play England and Scotland, who are, you know better than italy and wales mm -hmm. so yeah yeah because th their tournament really picks up now mm. right so oh man imagine if wales won don't give me hope holy fuck. don't give me hope that would shake the world up don't get don't like don't let everyone me believe. Be talking about it i've closed off my heart for now <laughs> fucking biden come out of the white house <laughs> making announcements <laughs> and he's irish till he dies that guy <laughs> so yeah. like it would that would be a fucking like crazy outcome yeah uh i would i would i'd be okay with I just, that i just can't see it but yeah it'd be cool can't say i don't i don't would know would you how. cry no i won't cry single manly tear maybe i'd shout a lot you know what i'm like yeah. I'm mental when i'm watching the games yeah, screaming and i when we were in the pub the other day and we're just staring at me as i'm screaming at a telly at 9 a.m like <laughs> yeah yeah so this is yeah i think this is gonna this is not gonna be a bad game it'd be if, if, unless so ireland like are like as good as everyone is saying. They are they that come good. Up. Like, I can't even think of, like, right now, they are, everyone is thinking, of, like, they're so good. Everyone is saying how good they are. Mm -hmm. I'm even thinking that they're, like, I'm believing it, too, that they're just so amazing. Like, I'm trying to, I have a hard time thinking of, like, if you had to replace, uh, like, the Irish team with other players from other nations in mm. the Six Nations, like, who would you take out? I would take out... Well, it's more about experience than skill at this stage. Like, who would you take out? Who would you take out of the Irish team to put someone else from the one other? Probably I, no. No offense to Calvin Nash; he's pretty good. But there are other better. There was better wingers in the tournament. Yeah, Calvin Nash or Rio Dyer, maybe or Vandermeer. Maybe, maybe you yeah, know. There's other. There's other good. Um, I would even. You know, I know this is a bit. I would even. There's other props as well who are pretty good right now. Um. Not that they're, not that Ty Furlong and Porter are bad, but there's other ones. Those guys are clutch. They're playing. They're pretty great. good, actually. No, that's yeah. probably a, that's probably a bad you're not, choice. You're not taking out Dan Sheen for anyone. No. Uh no. Maybe, maybe you got a point. Uh, maybe you got a point. You you could take out probably Peter Romani. Um, he's such a leader, though, isn't he? He is a leader. Yeah, he's such a. It's like when people talked about Alan Wynne Jones. He's always like, oh, a bit overrated. And it's like, no, you have him there because he's the biggest, shoutiest leader on the field. You yeah. Know? Um, maybe, I would say there's better players though. Yeah, there's probably some better centers as well in the tournament, like. Uh, Henshaw's uh, good, and Aki's good. Yeah, but who would you who would you replace them with? Um, oh, Elliot Daly, the ultimate utility. F I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> um, like that's how good this Irish team is. No, they're really good. I think what I'm saying is they're such a good cohesive team mm -hmm. that it's hard to identify individual weaknesses, isn't it? Where other other teams who are underperforming, it's easy to spot those weaknesses. Someone in Ireland could have a bad game, and you might not notice it because the team played so well. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm saying. But like, no, you're mostly right. You're mostly right. Yeah. You could take out you could probably, uh, Jack Crowley. Mm. Can probably no, replace. But I love I love watching him grow and learn and be amazing at rugby. I wouldn't want to take him out because it's so exciting to watch him. You know. I think a guy like George Ford would do really good in an Irish setup. You think so? The way he plays. I think he's a bit too slow in distribution, though. I learned like really quick distribution from nine and ten, don't they? Yeah. Not that he's bad. He's just it's a different style, isn't it? He's very like kick strategy pin a team in, in position, right? Whereas Island love quick ball at the ruck, getting it to pods who are just smashing up the field, you know, but they have a good kicking game as well. They don't have a lot of weaknesses right now, do no. they? So, it's like yeah. A, yeah, I was thinking about the other day, I was like, who would I take out? Yeah. And I can't think of uh, 
Mm. No, I think them, South Africa. Yes, yeah, those two who are the best in the world right now. So that's oh, why that summer yeah, tour is going to be great. And All Blacks too. Those three teams. Yeah, it wouldn't those discount the All Blacks. Those three teams can compete each other yeah. on the day now. Which that's is what it's kind of turned into, which I think it's kind of exciting. I think it's exciting. I'm a bit sad that France aren't in that talk right now, though, because I, I was really excited for them to be, you know, in the same position as Ireland. They actually have, like, fucking World Cup hangover. They do. Like, and I they, just don't think that the drive, like, they just don't care anymore. I was watching Bernard Jackman talk about it, and he said that... Uh, the vibe in France isn't the best. He's talking about the the kind of staff and the back room being a bit off kilter at the minute. Yeah, because there was be very so French, much hype it? and so much growth for that World yeah. Cup, and then it just came all crumbling down. I think they're just yeah, there's, they're, I think they're like, I personally think they're having a problem. I feel caring. Ba- like they know, don't care. It's sad, isn't it? Because someone like Dupont, who's in his prime, he's like, I've left France in a good position. He puts his backpack on, goes on his bus for his his world trip. He goes to Thailand, Come comes back. back, and the house is on fire. And he's like, what the fuck's happened, boys? He's like, got his Walkman I on. Thought we he's were eating good. his fucking peanut butter jam sandwiches yeah, he's, he's, on the bus. He's got long hair and friendship bracelets, and he comes back with a tan. Like, what the fuck, boys? Yeah, it's gone for like just a fucking yeah, summer. 10 minutes. What the fuck? Yeah. But, so, you know, they've got some injuries as well, though. Is it Oli Vonnie? He looks like he might Aldrich be out for injured. a wee bit. Aldrich, sorry, yeah. Well, we'll talk about them when we get to them. We've gone off track, haven't we? Yeah, we do. All right. That's fine, though. That's good. It's okay. all rugby. We said it was going to be very predictable this weekend, which brings me to the least predictable game of the weekend. Scotland, England. Scotland, England. That's the one I'm looking forward to. That's going to be a game. I have no idea who's going to win this game. I don't either. It's really hard to call. I think it's in Twickenham, right? No. Oh, it's in Murrayfield? Yeah. Oh. Ooh it's la in la. the Murrayfield. It's in the fortress there. The fortress of Murrayfield. Yeah. <laughs> so that I, I... This is a battle of very different styles of play, and I'm excited to see it. It is. And I think, man, England got to have their defense sorted out by this game. The Mega Blitz is coming. The Mega Blitz. The Mega Blitz shut us down, Wales down, pretty effectively. So, they're going to be all over Finn Russell. They're going to smother him. I can so, see a Toje flying out the line to smash him, yeah. But Finn Russell knows when to play deep. So you might even play a bit deeper, gas them out by making run at you, and then have runners ready to kick over the top. That'd be cool. I think you have to prepare You have to prepare yourself when you're watching this game that yeah. uh, Finn Russell's going to be a ghost. Yeah. They're going to shut him down as much as possible. I think he thrives on that, though. and He like, loves that when like, people come for him. If Scotland are going to win this game, yeah. they're going to have to win it without him. Yeah. So, like, he's going to be playing uh-huh. and stuff, but they're going to be... Everyone else has to step up. Everyone has to step up. They will, though. Yeah. Playing England in Murrayfield? Oh, they're going to be up for that one. Like, because they have to step up. I don't know. I don't know. you got to predict, though. you got to make a prediction. So do I. Holy fuck. I'm going... Uh, I'm, I'm going to go England. You're going to go England? I think that blitz is very impressive, the mega blitz they're working on. I think their kicking strategy is going to be effective, and they're going to pin Scotland. Scotland are going to panic, try and run it a bit, which they're good at, but I think England want them to do that. They're just going to smother them. They're going to put them in the place with George Ford's kicks, and they're going to use their blitz defense to force some errors. But That's what I see happening. Kinghorn is back, oh, and he's on fire. The so the King kicking Horn. game is going to be really competitive too. It is. So they're going to be on lock. Yeah. Uh, they're gonna be like, yeah. Scotland's gonna be firing all cylinders. They're gonna be up for this, right? Yeah. Their backline is gonna be that's a sexy full backline. power. You know, you're talking about replacing Irish with other. Pl- I would put Scotland's backline in instead of the entire Irish backline. That's oh, no, what I, I would do. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. <laughs> Maybe all. not nine. Yeah, but uh, yeah. So, like, they can't. Like England was like putting a lot of pressure on the Welsh with their kicking. Yeah. But I think it's going to be a different story in Scotland. Yeah, Finn Russell is the man. Like, he knows how to deal with that. We were so inexperienced at 10. We were floundering, weren't we? And King Horman was... uh, Fuck, who does he play for? Um, Toulouse. Toulouse, yeah. Mm. And he is, like, playing like a different player. He is. He's come alive in Toulouse. And he was good before that. Yeah. Yeah, I love watching him there. So they're going to have him at fullback. Yeah. And... And I feel bad for whoever... Who did they play at fullback? Scotland. He was actually pretty good. He got injured. I forget his name, too. I forget. Anyway, he was good, whoever that was. not good. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> well, no, he's, I think he was dealing with. Anyway, Kinghorn's good. I'm excited. Yeah. So, yeah, on both ends of these teams, there's going to be a lot of uh, like what they were being exposed at mm. in the previous games. Yeah. They've kind of they're solidifying like for this one. Mm. So yeah, if Finn Russell can open up this defense, though. Yeah. Because he's going to be ready for. It. He's probably just watching the shit out of that defense. He's and, like, doing topless press ups in the mirror right now. Yeah. Psyching himself up. 
yeah. got this fun. You yeah. beat those scrawny English so dogs. So if he can manage to like crack that defense, because yeah. it's not like it's not one hundred percent yet. It's getting better and better. Yeah. Uh, but they if it's not if they're not on their A game, yeah, I think I could see Scotland like slipping through. Yeah, and I think England's bench, they've just got more depth, haven't they? Like, Scotland have got such a good A-team, but I think if it's a close game at 60 minutes and England bring on some big, powerful replacements, they can smother Scotland into submission a bit. That's how I think that, that England, if, if, if it stays close, mm. if it's a tight game, I think England can squeeze it out. Yeah. But if Scotland come out, uh, this come Play right out that of Playing that sexy backline rugby. And then start putting some points up early. Yeah and can maintain a lead yeah because yeah because england are going to grow into that game they, they've been growing they into grow into game. all the games we yeah. were beating them pretty happily in the first half when we played them but because he, they're depth and i knew at halftime england going to come back yeah and we need to weather that and we didn't you know so scotland have to put up a, a hefty lead to supplement their lack of depth yeah and then survive the rest of the game yeah but if it's close oof. do you know who'd be good in this game zach mercer <laughs> he would <laughs> yeah he would be he good would. In this game. <laughs> what are you gonna yeah. do so what are you gonna do yeah, I'm gonna say, holy fuck! I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Scotland's gonna win this. Okay, good. I'm glad you said that because I, I would. I like a little bit of uh, disagreement with this. Anyway, I, I would. I would love Scotland to win. You know, my Celtic brothers up north, but they're I'm gonna. Just, I'm die. just saying England because of the power game, the strategy, the replacements. I just think that they're not afraid of uh, England anymore. No, I don't think they're afraid of them. And they're no. at home. That's a big deal. Yeah, that's a big deal. Yeah, uh, they've got a, pretty much a healthy team. Yeah, they do. So. I can see this. Yeah, I think Scotland are going to come out hard. And mm. I think England are probably going to pull some shit penalties like they've been doing. Yep. And kind of shoot themselves in the foot. Yeah. So Scotland. Scotland by... You mean Scott, the same Scotland team who gave away 16 penalties against Wales? <laughs> yeah, I don't want to talk about that. But uh, yeah, Scotland by 13 or wow. 12. Wow. I'm going to say England by like three points. Maybe it'd be close. Yeah, I'm, okay. that's what I'm going to go with here. I'm going to put that in my spreadsheet. That's exciting. Yeah? Yeah. Did you actually put it in? Uh, no, I will. Yeah? Yeah, I will. And then on Sunday, the big game of the <laughs> weekend. The game games. <laughs> yeah, the blurs against the other blurs. <laughs> yeah, I, whatever. Italy's heading over to France. It's going to be messy, silly, stupid, and France are going to win. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> it's so just going to be a hot mess of a game, and France will win. And everyone will look back at it and go, were they playing rugby? They're just gonna people are just gonna be flinging the ball around like lunatics. It's there's gonna be a brass band on the field during play for some reason. Fucking Harlem Globetrotters. It's gonna be mental. And there's gonna be a point where Italy are ahead by like three tries, and then France Gail Fiku will score a hat trick or something. It's just and everyone's gonna be like hammered drunk on the field. I don't know. I'm just expecting a hot mess of I'm expecting continental rugby. Italy to get an ass pounding. Okay. Why? Ah. Uh, they're just going to, I think they're just, they don't look good. They just don't, do they? No. They can stay in the fight now a bit better. Like they can hang on for about 60 minutes. Like France aren't uh, the best France right now, but they're still Oh, they good. got some, I mean, yeah, they're still good. I, I, yeah, I feel bad about saying it's going to be a hot mess of a game because they just have such quality. They just haven't mm -hmm. turned on yet this competition. I think they're going to be pissed I, off. I think Galtier is going to be screaming at him like, you better hammer Italy this weekend. Oh yeah. You know, because his job could be on the line. I think his job's already online. Yeah. So he needs to, oh man, like he does, yeah, the Galtier needs, he doesn't just need a win. Mm. He needs a convincing win yeah. for this one. Like a structured yeah. France of World Cup time win. Yeah. Like yeah. he needs to like fuck like Italy over. Like he needs to fuck them up. Yeah. Like you have to fuck them up. Like or, Ireland comprehensive win style. Yeah. Or he's going to be handing out resumes. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, I know like, yeah, what I've been hearing in the media and stuff like there people are out for his head. Yeah. Already. Yeah. But you know, I you know, normally the French media are pretty brutal. I can understand their frustration though. You go from being a really good looking team in the World Cup to kind of floundering in this tournament. The standard dropped significantly. And uh there's no there's no excuse for that at this time. It feels like they're just like like the French are just like all emotion. And right. I'm sad about everything's, that. Everything's there for them to be successful, mm. but it depends on how they feel. Even Sean Edwards, who is very hard-nosed, disciplined, structured, in a few interviews I've seen, he looks like the French is getting to him. You know, he's just sort of... This looks miserable. He just looks confused and tired and upset, and it's like, what is France doing to you? 
Yeah, it's sad to see that state. It just maybe they got yeah, the drives not there. Yeah, maybe it'll show up two years. Are we gonna go into? Because I remember when I first like got into rugby, France are kind of that up and down team. Well, that's been the that's been the cliche for twenty years. Which French team are gonna show up? And they kind of put that to bed the last few years, but it's creeping back in all of a sudden. Yeah, I don't I don't like inconsistent like France. I, I was gone. enjoying consistent dominant dominant France. Christmas is over. Ugh. Yeah, I know. The hangover's here, isn't it? Yeah, I would. I don't know. I'm still, I'm still saying France will win. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm calling France too. There's yeah. not anyone that's gonna call Italy. No, no, you're Drake. Just stupid. Drake, <laughs> Drake's gonna be on TikTok. Yeah, I just put five million on Italy. <laughs> Kiss goodbye to your money, you fool. <laughs> this is fucking worst bets ever. Yeah, I yeah. know my Italian boys are gonna take it home. <laughs> Let's score some goals. I love soccer. This <laughs> like, doesn't even know what he's betting on. Forza le bleu. Yeah. Yeah. All right, but uh, yeah, that's uh, that's the calls for the weekend. I'm excited. I mean, yeah, I'm always excited for Six Nations. I'm not sure I want to watch the Wales Island game. I know that's I just too emotional. Oh, I just gonna... hate. I just hate seeing us lose, and there's been a lot of losing recently. This is a game where, yeah, Wales are going to lose, but yeah, you still got to be there for them. Oh yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, I've got to support. Yeah, even if it's in this your living room. This is the year of uh, good effort. It's so far so good in terms of good effort as well. Yeah. So we'll continue the good effort. Like they've lost every game so far, but mm. it kind of feels like I think the whole mood around the team is not. It's positive. Yeah. This you've got to remember. No one's angry. Like no. You know, like when Wales were losing, and they had all their guys in there, like they were getting like sliced up in the media. And rightfully so. Well, we've had big experienced teams, and we've always been slow starters in the Six Nations. Yeah, we're rightfully pissed off because mm-hmm. we were really good and winning Grand Slams. And when we had a slow game, it's like. Where's the standard? Yeah. Right now, it's like we've kept games close against teams who should be hammering us. Um, so I'm pretty proud of that. There will be a point where my mask slips a bit and I am go, can we just get a fucking win, please? But right now, I'm still in the... I'm, I'm buying into what Gatlin said when he asked for patience. You know, this is a young team. Give them time. They will be good. I believe him. And that mm-hmm. guy's got unlimited cash in the bank, right? We know he's good. We know he, he can do what he says he's yeah, going to do. Yeah, he's a proven coach. Exactly. Like they're not going to take him serious. We named a gate like after Eddie. him in our national stadium. Like, yeah. We've got faith, you know. It's not like an Eddie Jones. No, no. And he's not an asshole. Like, he's an asshole to everyone else, but he, he protects his boys, doesn't he? Yeah. He tells them when he's proud of him. Like, he's a loving father, you know? And, like, if other people come for him, he's like, no, fuck you. They're awesome. Leave him alone. Have he is patience. like their dad. They look at him like he's their dad. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Who was I saying that about the other day? Who was really, like, fatherly? I don't know if you know the Ospreys coach, but Toby Booth. So no. whenever he's in press conferences, he's like a really proud father whenever the, cause he's got this team of young up and comers and he's so proud and loving. And like, I would just, I would go to war for that man. And same for Gatland, you know, I'd ride into battle next to that man. You know, I've got so much faith in him. See, that's why you got to watch. I will. I will. I'm just being dramatic. Yeah, yeah, of course I will. I'll just be sad at the end of it. Put your hand on your heart. Yeah. Sing your anthem. Yeah. Always do. You know me. Was there? That's where you got us. Uh, that's where you got Ireland beat. Right oh yeah, there. the passion. Yeah, the, the anthems. The AI written anthem of Ireland. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Although that little boy singing it was class. Yeah. If that he shows class. up again. Oh uh, yeah, that's that, yeah yeah yeah. They figured that a way to make their anthem exciting. Have you guys cute little boy like a, singing it. Yeah, you, got, you need a boy to come out there and just yeah. like destroy the. Do you know what we're gonna do? We're gonna bring out a primary school choir of children. It's like <laughs> fuck you. There's a bunch of children singing it. <laughs> Yeah, they should have had that kid just doing every anthem at the World Cup. Yeah. Better. Do you know what the, I was a bit scared of? Is you know how in like American sports, they'll have like a celebrity sing it and everyone just watches and listens? Yeah. I much prefer the entire crowd singing it I do and too. the passion coming from the crowd. In America, they'll have like some celebrity singing it and going, and the land of the free. And it just ruins it. It just totally ruins it. Like, I love the passion. Sing it normally, sing it passionately, which that little boy did, to be fair. But I don't want it to creep into bringing celebrities in to sing it for us, you know? Yeah, but in the United States, they love their anthem. It's a great anthem. Yeah. I like the U.S. They anthem. They sing their anthem at everything. They sing it every morning, I think, don't they? Yeah, like every single sports game. Yeah, do they sing it all together, though, or do they have, like, a person do it for them? They have a person, but everyone sings in the crowd. Oh, I just can't hear them, though. It ruins the atmosphere. I want to hear the crowd, like, yeah. reverberate in the stadium, you know? But, like, every game, no matter what it is, they, they sing the national anthem in... Yeah. Yeah. Oh, they're anthem, oh, I believe it. They're I anthem it. horny in the States. I like their anthem. It's a cool anthem. Yeah. yeah. When I was driving down there as well, how many fucking flags have they got? Like, they've got like these 40 square meter flags hanging off every single building. It's because I think Americans, when they walk like 20 or 30 feet, they forget they're in the United States. So they always got to be reminded. 
wait, where am I? Oh, yeah. <laughs> It's a nice flag as well. Yeah. Very shiny. Yeah. yeah colorful. Yeah. But yeah. So. Yeah. All right. Okay. Got off on another tangent there. Did. That was a good, that was a good way to finish, I think. Yeah. Slagging off Americans. Well, friends, if you have any questions for us, you can email us at the friends of rugby pod at gmail.com. Why are you looking at me like that? Because you read it like an AI. I want to make it clear so they can hear it. The friends of rugby. Yeah, I'm being clear. Gmail. You know what? I'm ending this podcast right now. <laughs> Stop this bullshit. Bye, everyone. <laughs>